9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hey, Montreal. The cold breeze is in the air, so that means that it's spooky season, as people love to say. So to celebrate spooky season, Lawrence and I sat down with none other than Montreal filmmaker Adam Ryder. You might remember five years ago on this very podcast, Adam was talking about making his film Woodland Grey. Uh, basically, he got the movie made. It came out last year. You can get it on streaming services right now, so do yourself a favor. Look up Woodland Grey wherever you watch movies. It's on YouTube, uh, Google, iTunes, so on and so forth. Uh, we basically catch up with him and find out what's been going on with the film, uh, what his future projects are going to be, uh, the making of and all of the trials and tribulations that sort of went along with it. And it's a great, jolly good time. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the full circle coming back from five years ago uh woodland gray uh filmmaker adam Ryder. it's the best you guys the best Two, one, hit it. go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself you plug another plugger desire <laughs> that's how we start that's how we start the show he sold tortillas on the street you ever seen pablo francisco i love pablo francisco. <laughs> and the mob wanted in i don't know who this guy is selling tortillas but i want him dead uh welcome listener <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that might be the best starting point we've best had cold on open show. we've like oh yeah, yeah. by far <laughs> but don't sue me because i'm doing pablo francisco Does he, is, is he a listener is he a regular he listener he might pablo? be a su- he's pablo he's we're sorry the patreon <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so I was doing some research, Lawrence, Ugh. into the history of this here podcast. Ugh. Uh, we had Adam on three times previously. Cool. Uh, I think it was like episode 30-something, 40-something, 140-something. And then uh, we haven't had you on since 2017. I mean, wow, a, lot has ha- a lot has not happened during that time. Right? Well, it's like a I pandemic. Mean, well, I mean, just- I mean, I would love to – I want to get an explanation from Keith as to why the fuck – has Adam not been on the show for so long? Well, I mean, part of it was pandemic-related, for sure. Uh, the last time you were on the show, you were hoping to get Bill Mosley uh, for yeah. the movie that took you almost the, almost the full five years since we spoke to, to, to make. Almost. One off by one day, actually. <laughs> and I, I know this by fact. <laughs> because I, when I first started talking about this movie, I yeah. made on Facebook, like, day one. And then kept track of that sort of like a way to keep myself accountable. Yeah. And then I posted... They're like, all right, this the movie's finally released. And I realized that if I had waited one more day, it would have been exactly five years. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- those, cool. those posts became almost like a meme under themselves. Like, yeah. Like, not, oh, not you would, to, you not would do this despair. every day? Not every day, but I definitely, like, regularly enough that people were... I mean, at first, I was trying to do it every day, but then it was right. just, like, when things were happening. For sure. Um, but it was enough that people, like, people were looking forward to it and people knew yeah, what Yeah, for sure. It was. But, like, every now and then, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear anything from Adam for a while, and then it'd be like... Day 1,212. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like... And to do those, I had to like... Okay, been here I am, for three days straight. <laughs> find the last post and then like count down how many days it had been just you to make sure that I was being accurate. You can yeah. Google that, you though. Can how, Google. Many how many days whatever. since this yeah. date? It'll that's, tell you. That's insane. What am I? <laughs> you were counting some kind of animal? <laughs> you, were ca- you were counting them by you day. Counting them. I was counting them by you day. You had old calendars. That's why the post took too long. You were like, wait, <laughs> you have to count right. in between. 
So yeah, so you had just come off your Kickstarter and you were hoping at the time to get Bill Mosley involved. And that was yeah. that was 2017. And now what happened? You know, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I was I was uh, when we were talking about doing this podcast today, I was like, had I told you what had happened about Bill Mosley or well, I think did so. we not? I think, I think so we, I wasn't we, sure. we, we definitely hadn't talked about it on on air, but I'm sure we'd like bumped into each other and and it was like a uh, we had we had a bit of a touch base, yeah. but yeah. So. I can. I mean, I feel like enough time has gone by right now mm. that I can tell you the full true story. I'm ready. And it is like I forget. Can we swear on this show? Yeah, fuck it is yes. fucked oh up. <laughs> this is amazing. Me? I. I mean, okay, buckle up. Yeah, exactly. We're going <laughs> Adam Ryder shoot interview on Bill Mosley. Go. So here's the thing. Uh, we thought we had Bill Mosley. Yeah. So our producers had reached yeah. out to Bill Mosley's. Uh, oh yeah, that. I guess Bill for, for for context. Uh, for for context, I'm googling Bill Mosley because I don't know shit about shit. So I uh, do apologize. It was Chop Top. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Chop yeah. Top in uh, the Texas the Chainsaw Texas. Massacre. And ah. he was uh, in um, the Devil's Rejects. Yeah. And, like a lot. Yeah. Of Devil's Rejects is probably his movies. most identifiable. Okay. Gotcha. Most recently yeah. one, but like a, a a staple of like cult horror cinema. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So we had sent out the script to uh, Bill Mosley's people, um, and um, one of our producers uh, had a had a, like a very uh, I guess tangential connection to sure, sure, sure. to the, them, but they they were receptive. They wrote back and they said that like w- they read it and Bill Mosley read it and he really likes it and I was like oh my god this is super cool Bill Mosley re- likes the script that I wrote yeah um, and so they were all on board enough so that we were like can we use them in the Kickstarter, as you know, we did. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then we were trying to figure out like some dates and how much it's going to cost. Yeah. And yeah. all you know, it's trying to narrow all those things down. You're like, for ideally speaking, you're you're casting him as essentially the main role. He was the main role. So you're like, yeah. it's not just like a walk on or whatever. You're like, no, no I'm going to need him like up, a, up north for a little bit. And I suspect the part of the interest was that this wasn't like a typical vehicle for for him. I mean, it's yeah. a dr- highly dramatic role. Yeah, um, something that could like possibly use in a reel or elevate him to like different possibilities and like something different. You yeah, know, he's not out there just just screaming at the no. cha- at whatever and, and yeah. going psychotic. It's like a more contained, brooding, quiet character. Or whatever. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Get showing Bill's the range. Yeah, 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 and and uh, like I and I know he's got it. You see it in his characters sometimes. Yeah. You get glimpses of this thing, and I'm like, wouldn't it be amazing if he did this this thing, right? Right. So he was. I mean, he was what we wanted from the from the beginning. Anyway, so at some point, um, the management from Bill Mosley uh, reached out to our producers and was like, "Listen, we uh, want to have Bill Mosley in there, in there, but we need like in order for us to really move this forward is like we want it to be a package deal." Okay. And we're like, what, what does that mean? And they're like, well, we want to have mo- like more people from our roster in oh. your in your film. I thought that I thought oh. that they were like that. I thought that they were trying to start like they were like we we're assuming you're starting a Woodland Gray cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's going to need a five picture deal. <laughs> we're we're okay. like taking the we're role like, on. Sure. But to my understanding, <laughs> there's not that many characters in this film. No, there isn't. So there's uh, yeah, there's just a few characters. It so like three and a half. There's well, there's <laughs> yeah, there's like two main characters. <laughs> yeah. There's like one. Um. Uh. Th- th- there's two like very very side character like like secondary characters, mm. and there's like a couple people who make an appearance. Uh, and um, they wanted you to kind of 
if you were going to get Bill Mosley, then they wanted you to take all of the people that were under the same, I guess, management umbrella and insert them as well? Yeah, so not all of them, but they had two people in mind mm-hmm. as well. So the, f- the next person they wanted to put in was Danielle Harris. Okay. Danielle Harris was in uh, some of the early Halloween. Uh, she was in Halloween 3 and 4. She was in like a, I forget what else she's been in, but right. she's a she's also like a staple in the horror film industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then the last person they said was Sid Haig. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Right. And so uh, we're like, okay, let me just make sure I hear what you're saying. You're telling me you're going to let us do have Bill Mosley in our film if you also allow us to cast Daniel Harris and Sid Haig? And they're like, yeah, we're like, okay. Like, you're, I don't see where the catch like all, is. All, all of a sudden, the Sid Haig runs a gas station down the street. It's, we're we're <laughs> writing that we're scene. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. And so we had different, very specific, like, uh, roles for that. Like, the roles were written, and we're like, yeah, this person, like, so Daniel Harris was going to be the other lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a uh, grandfather role uh, in the film mm-hmm. that was perfect for Sid. Right. Um, and. Um, one of the one of the things was like we if if we're gonna have if we're gonna have Bill on like this is when it started yeah so we're, if we want to have Bill Mosley the the main character uh, had in the script was remained had remained nameless it was right. just he was just referred to as the man right um, they were like he's got to have a name uh, and we're like okay but like like where would we we're not really mentioning it in the, yeah, in yeah. the thing and they're like no it's gotta ha- it's gotta have a name we're like okay so we like came up with. Uh, William, because yeah. his name is Bill, <laughs> and we're sure. like, well, let's just call him William. Um, and then, um, and then they were like, okay, we need to have a na- a- another name for the grandfather for Sid Haig. Yeah, and I uh, now I'm blanking on the uh, Moses. Yeah. So Sid's middle name, I believe, was Moses. So we're like, okay, well, let's we'll put Moses in there. So now all the characters have names Which based guess, on like. Yeah, I was gonna say, was th- is this like a, a credit thing that they had to be worried? Uh, yeah, about? Yeah, I think it was think a credit thing. They just yeah. didn't want to have like the name like on their IMDb of being like the man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which I I can sort of understand, but like at the same time, you know, like th- we're thinking of like the road. It's like the road. The characters in the road was just the man and the boy, and like yeah, I yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah. that anonymity. Right, yeah. But we're like, okay, these are small concessions to make. Yeah. And then we're like waiting for for money to 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 not to happen, but like, how much is this going to cost? Like, do we have contracts? And now they're saying like we're gonna we would like you to do this, but we also have an investor on our side that is okay. gonna is, we're gonna put a m- bunch of money in it, and so it's gonna like you know take up a bunch of like the the chunk of the um the the money that we need to make it's this like film. We, it's like we have investors in a Bill Mosley Sid Haig film. That could be your film. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's so sort of like, like uh, yeah. some of the some of the expenses will be incurred by their people. Essentially, yeah. Or, or, so they're saying. But now we're like <laughs> we still we're like great, but we need to see something on paper because like who owns the film at the end is like a big question and like what how much are you putting in and like when are we going to get the money? We we're, we're still the producer, so like yeah. when are we going to get the money to to go into production? And now time is starting to tick towards like when we had earmarked production. Mm-hmm. So October of 2019 now, I think. Okay. Um and we're we're not hearing anything and they're sort of going back and forth, but they're being super vague. And uh, and then at some point they're like, um, we're we're gonna we, yeah we wanna we we're gonna give you the money, um, but we need like some money. It's very I wasn't really involved in this process, but it was yeah. like we're gonna give you the money, but we need money first before we give you the money. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you at home, Keith is making up. I don't know about this face. <laughs> yeah, I was just sort of like I'm like hang hang on. Yeah. 
Like I, I feel like Lawrence, Lawrence's like sketchy club promoter sense is tingling. Also. I mean, my anytime <laughs> I've ever had to deal with anyone who said I'm going to give you money, but I'm going to need to get money, I'm never going to see any money. Yeah, in my experience, which well, I'm sure is very different from your experience, but one of our one of our producers was like, "Okay, like I I know this person, like Bill Mosley's management. Mm-hmm. Like I know this person, and uh, I'll I'll put up the money." Okay, and so he ponied up like thousands of dollars, and uh, and now we're waiting. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. We're still waiting, and we're hearing nothing. And then finally, they're like, "Look, we have some concerns about Danielle Harris. We just want to make sure that when sh- when she gets there, that everything is safe and good for her, because you know she's seven months pregnant." What the fuck? And we're like, "What?" <laughs> so this is a film that takes place in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Um, and the character itself, like the way it's written, could not possibly have a child because the, I, I don't want to go into too many details for those who hasn't like spoiler alert, yeah. but like it just doesn't make any logical sense. So it would require almost a page one rewrite to have somebody decide to up and leave their n- life as a fully like a, like yeah, a exactly. seven months pregnant woman it. to go to the woods alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it doesn't make any sense. So we're and and on top of that, it's like we're a small production. We don't have the insurance type of like capabilities to like make sure that everybody is as safe as you would on like a Hollywood film. Like having um, like the yeah. type of the type of. Um, yeah, safety infrastructure that and would also, be like, required like, for a how, how long was woman. the shoot too? Like that's a, you know like that's a we're in the middle of the woods for like three weeks. Yeah, so you're like <laughs> that, that goes from seven months pregnant to eight months pregnant, and like eight, you know, like th- yeah. th- then like what is it like the you know this Lawrence? Like doesn't the baby like triple in size in the last trimester? So like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, like, like I recently <laughs> actually became a father, Adam. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, he's three months old, and the first six or seven months, yeah, my wife's stomach got bigger but only like in a front like kind of just like an expansion kind of way and then in month eight it dropped and shifted so there was a whole thing and then she can barely walk and then her lower back hurts and then she's running out of breath so like there's a really like uh, a very drastic shift in i'm pregnant and i am fucking ready to have yeah exactly that's it like and and that and that shift happens like between seven month seven and eight so it's like i'm just saying like Continuity is now insane. <laughs> you know, like like she, there's a very real possibility she would have a different body, absolutely from like day one of shooting to week three of shooting. There's like, just so many different things to, to consider. Yeah, uh, and and we're just like, this is ridiculous. Like, why wouldn't you have told us? Yeah, like this from like this isn't something we could hide. Like it's just like all, there's so many considerations. So we're like, I don't really know. And then uh, they said, then also like Sid is starting to get it. He's like he's not well. This is when Sid started to like yeah. you know he passed away not long after. Yeah, um, but he wasn't like he wasn't doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at some point we're like, okay, well all these things are sort of messed up, and we still haven't seen anything. Like we need to know what's what's going on. And they're like, we have decided we want to buy you out. We don't want to do the movie with you. We're just like, what is your number? Like, how do we want to buy you out? And we're like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, this is my first feature. And like, I, I, ha- I you know, and I, I didn't have a long time to think about it until they're like, actually, we're, we're, we're done. We're out. Yeah. And so they, they went out. But then the money that uh, one of our producers put in, he never got back. This this guy, uh, I mean, he he lost a lot of money, and he was one of the one of the producers that I worked well with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you know, he's a solid guy, and like he he, he you know it it hurt it hurt. He like 
had to take out a second mortgage of his house. <sighs> and um, so shit. it was brutal. So he got he got fucked. We all sort of got fucked. Uh, and then so we're now like a month and a half away from when we're trying to shoot. Mm-hmm. And now we have to recast the, the recast the the film. Mm-hmm. And um, we we put we went through a casting agency uh, and uh, Night Sky Casting at the time uh, they were called. Um, uh, and um, we found uh, Ryan Blakely and um, and as the as the man. Mm-hmm. And uh, who stopped being William? You're like, get William out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, we're like at this <laughs> point, we're like, get William. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, uh, and um, it ended up like changing the type of movie we made, but in the end, like this was the, this is the movie it is meant to be, right? Like mm-hmm. it just the, their performances were amazing. Ryan Blakely, when he when he auditioned, it was an audio. I mean, a video audition mm-hmm. with audio. We do we do both now. Oh, right. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was it wasn't a silent audi- no, audition. No, like, like, like a piano playing good. off to the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, oh boy, I hope he gets the role. <laughs> the, the like the the uh, like the notes of like what he's supposed to sing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Being like, oh no, there's a train behind you. Yeah. Ah. So funny. <clears throat> so he, I mean, he uh, recorded. He did a scene that is in the movie, and he like performs it. So well that he basically does it again on on camera. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. like I, okay, that's good, but like let's try it this way. It's like when he did that You're scene, like, it do was it like, like from the audition, and we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> so he was great, and uh, Jenny's audition was great, and I just like, and they were really great to work with. Um, so it all worked out. That part worked out in the end, but yeah, it's just I, like I feel like other than I mean, it sounded like there was a lot of strings on the Mosley Hague whatever deal, and outside of even like the loss of the money which sucks but like it sounds like that like, you you would have been having to like shoot through hoops with that deal whereas then you got something that was a little more directly oh i'm just like back to directing a normal picture without all of these weird behind b- behind my head attachments to like what involves having these people on set so. yeah for sure there definitely was was tra- and and there was like challenges of the way like the film the making of this movie was an absolute nightmare <laughs> i'm telling like the fact that we didn't have them helped make it less of a nightmare mm-hmm. um, in the end. But, like, I, I, by the end, by the time I, we finished shooting uh, and we had wrapped and I had, like, physically recovered a little bit, mm-hmm. that I was talking to friends about this film experience and I'm like, I think I'm done. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to, this is, like, I either either feature-length films are just so drastically different from short films yeah. that I'm just, like, totally out of my element or I've, like... This was just so bad that I, I, I'm like I'm gonna bow out. Like it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. And and I told them the experience of what had happened, and all of them are saying this is not a normal experience. Mm-hmm. This is not how films are supposed to be made. This is not how like it's just this is not typical. Yeah. And uh, it's taken me a really long time to sort of like feel like I want to make films again. <laughs> like I swear, like it sounds like it's just it was just so bad. It was like. Just sucking the joy out of every minute of like what I love to do, mm-hmm. um, and and it and it dragged on for so long. Like I said, it was five years to make this movie, but it's like it's still things are still happening. It's six years later, yeah, and like um, the movie was released technically a year ago, and we're just like getting stuff happening. Like it's just I found out about the film is available in Canada. Mm-hmm. It was originally released on Cineplex. Yeah, I'm it was a huge thing. That's big news. Yeah, yeah. I found out about it by accident because our writer, Jesse, like the co-writer that I wrote this with, 
Jesse Tufaxis, he was he got a gift certificate to Cineplex <laughs> that he hadn't used in a couple years, and was like, I wonder if this still works. And then like, went, this is like this is like pandemic time where you're like you're like I'm gonna go on Cineplex and rent a movie. Well, this at is home. exactly what happened. He went on there and was like, I wonder if this still works. And it was like, how could this is like Woodland Gray is on here? Like this can't be right. So he sent me a screenshot of it, and I was like, oh, it's probably like one of those like fake websites he's like no no this is on my tv i was like what are you talking about he's like look it says cineplex type in the thing and i went in there and i was like sure enough it was on and i oh sp- asked my producer i was like dude <clears throat> like were you ever gonna tell me that this was on he's like oh i, I told you uh, a month ago and i was like no you didn't you told me that it, we were being looked at by cineflix <laughs> and i'm like what's what's cineflix and cineflix <laughs> is actually a real thing but yeah. it's like there's Nothing is on there. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't really think of anything of it. He's like, oh, I meant Cineplex. And like, and th- especially, and like I said, like, when you put this in time in 2021 <laughs> or whatever, like this was still like lockdown pandemic. Like the Cineplex uh, platform was like big because they were putting movies straight on there, right? Like, yeah. like it was like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still a platform today in 2022. But like at the time, the platform was even bigger because that was like the only spot to get certain like otherwise blockbuster movies because physical Cineplexes yeah. were closed. So like that's not cin- that's not Cineflix at all. That was like this is where people at least in Quebec were like. I mean, we part- had people and watching large parts it, like- of Canada. Like you were like, oh no, we're in lockdown. This is where movies go. Yeah, <laughs> but there was no advertising. So like our like I don't want to. I mean, okay, I'm gonna tell you this, but then I, I don't want to spend the whole time like bad like like complaining about my experience. Yeah, but uh, just to, to end this portion off just like these are all examples of like many many multiple versions of like shitty parts of making this movie but like you know when it was released on Cineplex I like I said I didn't know about it but then I was the only one who advertised it so like there was no advertising except for me so all the numbers that we saw on there um, came directly from people who had been following watching the movie like following the movie being created and stuff but um, but it's it's not a lot. I'm only one person. I yeah, don't, exactly. I don't, I, like, I don't have that many people following me. Like it's not a big thing. So it was really just like it was like it's cool, but it's not like game changer. <laughs> it's just like it was cool for a second, but then the reality of it kicked in. It's like yeah, but like you know, 150 people are going to see the movie, which is awesome. Yeah, but that's like that's it during the first month, and then it's like and it goes off the front page. Yeah, and then like where you know where are people so more people see the film. Through the film festivals that it's playing at, yeah. Then, then through the it's available right now in Canada on like Apple TV and and Google Play and like yeah, anywhere you can like pay like, to yeah, yeah. buy it. Yeah, it's it's all available right now, but it's not available anywhere else in the world yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're still looking for distributors, which is like a another problem. But it's just like I <laughs> I want to wrap up this film. I'd like for yeah, it yeah. to just be like out there, and then I could like sort of leave it behind in a sense and move forward. But and so that know. means you're going to New Jersey. That means I'm going to New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. So this is so this is something that's really fun. This is an exciting thing. Going to getting excited, getting invited to go to film festivals yeah. uh, is really cool. Um, and the one that's coming up in New Jersey, they're refer- referencing is yeah. Kevin Smith has a new film festival yeah. well, called the Smod cool. Castle Film Festival. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's like a, this is something it's a big that thing. Th- like correct me if I'm wrong. I was like when you, when I saw that, I, like I, he briefly wanted like i think he wanted to do this for a while and like it stopped and started or whatever where because Smodcastle, where it was like yeah it's like a podcasting theater but then i think he's always at least had it in one of his million things going on where he was like oh yeah and we're gonna do movies here and screen like 
some films have screened there, and I think he's always yeah. kind of mentioned it. So th- when you saw it, I was like, oh, shit, Kevin Smith's and, actually, like... Has this been running for a long time? This is the first time he's doing okay. it. So yeah, yeah, but that's it. But yeah. like, well, the How worried are you that someone's going to ask him a question, he's going to talk for seven hours uninterrupted? <laughs> And then like not they're gonna whoops, the, oh yeah woodland gray and people are just gonna be like no we can't we have to we have families <laughs> Kevin please <laughs> so funny I mean I don't know he's uh, yeah I, it's it's pretty exciting because he like he talked about how this festival was supposed to happen in August yeah and uh, they were sort of he the way he puts it is the victims of their own success that they got way more submissions than they ever thought mm-hmm. they would. And so instead of having the festival in the Smod Castle like little venue that they yeah. have, they changed the date, made it longer, uh, and then put it. It's in a real theater, mm-hmm. um, and so it's happening November th- um, November thirtieth to December fourth, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's he's like, and there's you know there's a chance that like they're like Kevin Smith might interview some of the key some some filmmakers, and I'm like, who knows what that's yeah, like, yeah who, you know. who knows what that means? It feels like a little bit like Camp Krusty, like you're gonna get there, and he's <laughs> like, I'm. Hello, everybody. My name is Kevin Smith. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not actually going to be him. It's Jason Mewes in a trench coat. And you're like, yeah. this is wrong. You know, <laughs> exactly. this isn't good. But it's really cool. I mean, I, it's definitely an honor to, like, be picked to to be at this film festival. The, yeah. I was, I was going to say, like, when, when I saw it, too, I'm like, I don't know how you feel about it. And I'm not even a filmmaker. But I was just sort of like, but I feel that, like, a lot of people, if you get into, like, indie films or whatever, you're like, Kevin Smith is definitely, like, somewhere in the like pantheon of like yeah indie indie guy does his own thing and makes like absolutely and makes a go of it you know like that whole he just made a movie with his buddies at a closed up shop you know like yeah. that's like yeah that's like folklore at this level for an indie filmmaker you know like, yeah yeah <laughs> and he's like how do i get mark hamill in one of these <laughs> how do i shoehorn all these celebrities it's I so love? good yeah. i mean yeah I, I think that like i mean i like his movies they're not my favorite movies but mm-hmm. i really i i like his movies but i I think I like his like his business ethic and like the way he runs mm-hmm. being a filmmaker more. Right. Like I can appreciate it because it's so um it's so outside the box. Like he really thinks of like different ways to keep himself going as like a he he's become a celebrity because he's made himself into a celebrity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not because of like uh but he's done it as a business but also one that's not cringe either. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You know, so he's like, t- like the thing he's doing now, he's like four walling his uh, his new film, Clerks Three. Yeah. So four walling is like you go you, instead of like sending it out as a distributor. It's like the way films used to go is like you know it goes on a tour. Yeah, they they go to this city, they play the thing, and they go to this city and they play the thing. Yeah, it's like like when Gone with the Wind came out, it would take a year and a half to two years for like th- for the film to be out there before it was like they would put it away. Yeah, is there any advantage in doing that? Yeah, there, there's a lot. Well, there's an advantage for at his level. So Quentin Tarantino did it a few years ago with The Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bunch of other filmmakers do it every now and then. Because he's a known name, that you could sell tickets for a lot more money, you get to keep most of that money. You're basically distributing it yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, you're turning it into like close closer to a, like a music tour than a interesting. film distribution. Yeah, absolutely. So instead of saying, saying AMC is going to have this in every AMC... I'm going to Pittsburgh, so I'm going to charge Pittsburgh instead of 15 bucks a ticket, 20 bucks a ticket. It's 50 bucks a ticket, but I'm there. I'm introducing it. You're going to shake hands, kiss babies, yeah. and then we're going to exactly Philly, yeah. and then we're going yeah. to the West Coast, and we're yeah. going to yeah, yeah, and yeah. then yeah. after that's done, then they can put into theaters, and then they're going to get what they're going to get. But right. it's like it's it's I mean it's self promotion. You get more money out of it, and like I think it's super cool. Yeah, I would love to do that. The problem with like film filmmakers at my level is that there's really not a lot of the indie film. Uh, locations in 
Different towns. Yeah, it was like maybe like major cities have repertories, and that's like we go to Trois Rivières. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like then we go to like Saint Rock de Mequinec. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it, like, if you're a band and you're a nobody band, you can still open up for the local heroes of that se- of that town, right? Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. you're a feature film and no one really knows you, like they, th- the people who are in that town, the promoter of that town, has to find a way to get people to come see a movie. Only like one time yeah. in this one, like it's it doesn't make sense. So at a premium, at a premium, also at like a right, premium, right? Where it's like all of it, like people are gonna pay the 50, 60 bucks or whatever it is for Kevin Smith because he's Kevin Smith. No offense to Adam Ryder, none taken. <laughs> but, but like, like, like I can't go. He throws in like yeah. a Q and a Q a Q and A that's gonna be three hours long. Who knows? He's Kevin Smith. Yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like you're watching yeah. the movie. That's and two questions. 100%. Yeah, exactly. yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> he's he's coming. He's doing he's doing it in Montreal this week. Well, I saw yeah, him. I saw him one of the first Montreal. times he came here, and yeah. someone someone got booed so hard. Someone basically <laughs> they're like, I have a question. He's like, Hey, how can I? I would love to answer your question. And she whips out a script, and she's like, Kevin, I want you to read my script. And then it was like, no. He's was like, there. He's like, she's like, I can't do that because then if any of your ideas show up in my work, it's not a good look. Da, da, da. Yeah. And she's like, but just tell me what you think. I wrote my Twitter handle on it. He's like, no, I can't. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. just like booing her. They're like, ask an actual fucking question. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. But now, now you have like, <laughs> I've been to Kevin Smith Q and A's a couple times, but like more often than not, though, you're like one question in, and then you're like, and now there he goes for an hour, which is its own thing. It's an entertaining hour, but I'm like, it's a rough. Go if you're like I'm gonna get in line. You're the second you're person. Like, in I'm line. third in yeah. line. You're, you're like, on your oh, feet. For, you're on your feet for four hours. You're like I just want to ask him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like. About oh, George what's Carlin. your favorite color, yeah. buddy? Yeah. You're third in line. He's, yeah. he's talking about making you know S- Superman again. Yeah, <laughs> like a giant spider. Yeah, exactly. He's talking about Bruce Willis's dick jokes that he forced him to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, no, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I would love to do it. I, like I would, I would gladly do it for significantly less. I just like yeah. you know do it like a touring band does, like just enough for gas money and stuff. But mm-hmm. how would you even get people? Where's the venue to do that? How yeah. would you get people to, to show up and do it? So the only way that's like sort of a way that I think that I'm looking into in the future, potentially not for this film, but maybe another mm-hmm. film, is like doing it through college tours. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Because like the student activity planners plan things. Uh, they 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 have a budget, so it's not like they have to worry about selling yeah, tickets like, and anything for free. And then you can go. They have like a, there's an infrastructure. People at their lunch break goes to like whatever like hub or bar that's on campus. Right. And uh, and so that's you know, just like comedians do. Um, they sell up, set up college tours because I don't have to worry about saying bad things. And no one's going to cancel me. Yeah. Oh, you'd be you'd be surprised. <laughs> as, well, I mean, like as a, a film, it's like it's, it's already in there. <laughs> you, you you could like not like the film or like the film, but like you can't boo. You can't, I mean, I guess there's also boo. like oh, a, I could boo your film. I guess I'll show yeah. up. I, you're you right. tell me you where the college tour is. I'll show up and boo. Yeah, <laughs> and I, but I was going to say there's also like a built-in you know like your your college probably has a cinema department you know what i mean so yeah. like like there's like at least yeah. a, built, a built-in audience of like hey this dude did a flick yeah, yeah. you know like this marketing like how to make your first independent film yeah, exactly. yeah 100%. Sure, you do a you know. little talk for people who are interested you know you you did direct a feature film right so even if the people who have that kind of dream have that vision and they want to talk to someone they want to ask practical questions about how did you shoot this how did this yeah. happen they want to talk about you know your experience with dealing with these production people or trying to get a name and not working out and any of the challenges you went through, I think there's definitely some value to that. And people would sit down and, you know, you don't have to have the Kevin Smith multiple hour soliloquy there, but you can definitely still give some value to people who might not have that kind of opportunity. Like for me, when I wanted to get into comedy, there was no sit down, ask a comedian a question. I had no way to figure out... 
what happens if this, what happens if I get heckled? What happens if this mm-hmm. promoter says this? What happens if I get booked in another city? You know, what happens here? What happens there? So Just I think asking comedians on Twitter, being like, "Hey, yeah. I'm a new comedian. Hi, Bill Burr. <laughs> it's Lawrence. <laughs> how do you comedy? How yeah. do you how do you joke? Mm-hmm. Please, yeah, yeah." Yeah, so you I think school, it's like uh, you ended up like I went to a oh. joke writing class, yeah. but then again, it was like how to write five minutes of comedy. Yeah, and the first I don't know if you know Joey Elias. Yeah, I was just gonna ask if it was his class. It is yeah, his class, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> the first thing he does in this class is he sits everyone down and he goes, "I can't make you funny. <laughs> if you're not naturally funny, I can't make you funny. I can teach you how to organize thoughts and how to set up kind of the structure, the bones of it. But if you don't have it, I can't teach you funny." Yeah. Um, and then it was just kind of a, an exercise on how to write, how to take notes, how to organize, different shit yeah. like that, right? So it was never an idea of like this is what a sense of humor is, or this is how. Yeah, you I, can I mean, be like, funny. I would, but at the same time, like you were saying, like we just talked about, like oh, you, like that whole Bill Mosley's people representation of money and whatever else like that. I'm like nobody was telling you being like, so here's what a scumbag. You know, here's a scumbag comedy promoter. You have to find that. Out. Here's Look, how you're yeah. gonna deal with them. It didn't take like, long. It didn't <laughs> take long before someone <laughs> fucked you over for money or someone went back on their word yeah, or something yeah. else happened. And you yeah. have to learn practically on the job very fast. Yeah, that's it, something. That, that, but that's it, what I'm saying. But those yeah. those are the kind of questions I think that like especially if you're would a would be uh, would be film director like. That would be a fun thing to sit there, watch Woodland Gray, or like as an example, yeah. and then be like, "Let's talk to the guy." And you like you get up there, and you're like, "It was a nightmare." Yeah. Wanna, you yeah. want to ask me about my nightmare? Because here's uh, yeah, I can tell I you a cautionary tale. There's a lot of like hard <laughs> lessons. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Hard lessons that I feel, and I and, like use those lessons. The next film that I'm gonna make is gonna be hopefully either easier or like like. Just as terrible for a whole new bunch of reasons. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you just have but, uh, no I'll know, like, no how to like, repeat. Yeah, exactly. But even though you had all these challenges, were you happy with the – or how – I shouldn't say are you because that's a general like, yeah, I'm happy. But how happy or how satisfied with you, how close uh, was the final product to what you wanted it to be? That's a hard question. I I feel. Uh, let I, me, I don't, maybe it's the only kind of question like, I ask. I don't <laughs> ask any, you don't get any softballs from me, bro. <laughs> I like green. Yeah. Um, I can say that I'm proud of the film. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that I'm really proud of it. It's like a first feature length to put something out that like is uh, like I'm proud of it. I like it's getting some decent recognition, it's yeah. won some awards, it's getting to festivals, like it's doing a thing. Yeah. So I am proud of it. It's really different from what I had set out to do. Okay. Um, so I've like said I've made a very different movie from what I wanted. So it, like r- reconciling that in my head. Uh, it's still it's like it's still a challenge, and there's like a couple parts. And I'm sure, I guess every filmmaker feels this way. It's like there's some scenes in there that I, like, makes me still make me cringe, um, but but I am proud of it. Mm-hmm. What, what if, yeah. if you don't mind me asking? Like, what what's the biggest departure? Like if you were just sort of like, oh, there was this is something I thought it was going to be, and there's none of that in the finished project. Yeah, I I thought this movie was me- intended to be a horror film, like a straight okay. horror film, and it's now just like a really creepy, dramatic thriller. Yeah. So there's a lot of like the, the horror elements that were taken out. There's a lot of like um, specific, yeah, there were specific elements that were taken out. Um, th- some of the gore, a lot of the gore mm-hmm. that was taken out. A lot of it had to do with like budget and time and yeah. uh, and 
yeah, just people. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll just stop. But from there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, go uh, <laughs> spill the beans. <laughs> just some, like for it, some oh, reason, oh. it was minus five degrees, and no one wanted three gallons of pig guts on them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like below freezing. <laughs> You're like, it'll so be fine. And we remember those people's names. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we That's don't it. forget. Those was it? Were know. there no showers on the shoot? No, there wasn't. But <laughs> I was said it was going to be fine. <laughs> well, it was great for continuity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I would say that was the biggest departure, and mm-hmm. and it actually it hurt a little bit because, well, besides you know obviously just planning something and it turning out to be different, but mm-hmm. like a lot of people who supported the film or were following the film or following me making me making a horror film. Yeah, and so now when it's coming out, they're like, oh, I don't know if I can watch it. It's too scary. I'm like, my mom saw it. It's fine. Like, it's not. It's not very scary. Yeah, it's just creepy. Um, but it's getting like it's getting it's still getting into horror festivals, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's like, like it it is scary. I mean, it won a bunch of awards from like well, horror festivals. Well, I think that like, also, so, but, but it's not like what I you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I get what you're saying, but I'm also just saying like just obviously the like the folkloric stuff that's come into horror. I think obviously helps you. Yeah, <laughs> Co- you're right. Coming, coming you're out right. like yeah, like yeah. like because like all like are the Ari Aster films like are they horror? And you're like, eh. like there's the, they are probably more horrific than Woodland Gray, especially in terms of gore. But you're like most of those movies are just like creepy tone for most of it, right? Which is for sure. Like Midsummer is, is like one of my new favorite horror movies. Yeah, of all time. like I just think that movie is brilliant. Yeah, my wife and yeah, that. yeah, yeah, it's just it's so great and yeah, it's not. Like, like, there's a couple there's visceral moments, but most of it's just like, oh, like a family's being weird, yeah. and you're like watching it on the edge of your seat, being like, oh, this family's crazy. It's just hard to classify, I guess, because like people ask me, like, really, at horror, like, is it like slasher? What is it? I'm like, if you've seen The Silence of the Lambs, and Silence of the Lambs is considered a horror film, yeah, you know, The Silence of the Lambs is like intense, and there's creepiness, and there's moments like that, but yeah. it's not very scary yeah and then there's like not a lot of gore in it but it's still technically considered a horror film not that i'm comparing like the, any content of mine <laughs> to the sounds of the lambs but like it's it would be similar as saying like yeah. that's horror as my film is horror yeah there's certainly like a there's like a creepy foreboding tone throughout right yeah. like, did you have you seen it yeah yeah yeah, you it. Okay. yeah yeah that's it and and i mean and there's also like I mean, i'm trying not to like get into spoilers or whatever mm. but like there's also like supernatural undertones are like around like yeah. in a way that like I'm like what else would you call it you know For like, sure. like, like it, it's yeah, like exactly what else would you, you know, call it because yeah. you just said psychological thriller but I'm like well but there's like there's enough allusions to a supernatural something <laughs> you know like floating around with whether whether it's happening or not is obviously I think that's like the number one thing that most people say about Woodland Gray is it's pretty ambiguous as to what's going on yeah. but like because there's like a supernatural a supernatural is it or isn't it undertone you can't just say it's a pure psychological thriller because you know what i mean like yeah absolutely <coughs> um yeah i, I think and, and when the trailer was made so i don't have any control over the trailer I, they, they asked my opinion and i told them oh, but that's like that, that's incidentally that's one of my like all-time favorite movie facts that it's like a completely different unit that like cuts the trailer yeah that's so weird to me. <laughs> <I didn't know laughs> so yeah so like so you have a vision because this is the one thing and i'm sorry to cut you no, off because okay. i know you were going to go in a direction but one of the things that's most aggravating for me is when I watch a trailer and then I see the movie and it doesn't fucking line up. Yeah. Like you yeah. you expect one thing. I don't know if you guys remember the movie Sucker Punch. Yeah. Where there's a bunch of that yeah, blonde yeah, chick yeah, yeah, yeah. who it's was the... in uh, American Gods. Yeah. 
Emily Brown something Browning. Yeah. And then she has this. There's this amazing trailer where they're in. Well, it's different. Zack Snyder, right? It's a it's a Snyder. Yeah. Play. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. the film is completely different. And I remember being so disappointed. And now I just stop watching trailers for the most part. There's because there's a there's a lot of them like that. And like my there's there's there's, there's two or three. Like, hang on, just sorry. The Justice the ba- the Justice but, League but trailer, the Batman vs Superman trailer that ruins the movie. There's one. There's, a lot. there's a trailer kicking around. If you Google like Dark Knight romantic trailer. What? So there's a trailer <laughs> that like kicks around like with like a, like a Brian Adams track that basically exclusively is like Christian Bale and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, I've du- seen that. They do like that with The Shining. It's just called Shine. No, no, no. But this is not a joke. Oh, this, it's not a joke. This is. It looks like one of those retrailers. But it's like this was a trailer that screened, and people were like, "This is a real trailer for Dark Knight with like a Brian Adams track basically what? playing." And like, it, like if you I were need wa- to see that, and if you were to can watch, we stop recording right now, and we can go watch and go back. We could. I, I know. Pause it. No, no. Let's leave the audio. Let's leave the audio on, and we'll all live react. <laughs> but no. But it's like it's crazy. Like it really. Like it, if you were to That's watch that crazy. movie, you'd be like, the movie is about Batman saving Maggie Gyllenhaal. Like. That's that is the movie that you're watching, wow. and it's insane. And then the other one, I think the other all-time worst is uh, the Danny Boyle Sunshine. So okay. Sunshine is it the I've movie where it. the it's sun where the sun explodes? Yes. So Sunshine reveals in the trailer every main character death and the third act twist of the like. I mean, spoilers for yeah. Sunshine. It's like 20 years old. Like the 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 extra passenger. The trailer spoils every character death and the extra passenger third act twist. I was like, what? That's awful. <laughs> like, just get fucked. Yeah, Guy I don't understand. The like, they w- my my biggest one is the village. I yeah. love the village, oh, yeah. but the village was was promoted as a horror film. Yeah, right. And it was like, oh, it's gonna be the creepiest. You just come off the Sixth Sense, and like, yeah. oh, yeah, or whatever. I don't know. So, yeah, at least the people knew him as the from yeah. the guy from the Sixth Sense. Yeah, like from the mind of M Night Shyamalan mm. comes the craziest, creepiest, scariest movie of all time. And it's just like a dramatic movie with like scary moments. Yeah, sort of like my film. Yeah. So my trailer mm-hmm. looks like a really intense horror film, mm-hmm. but it's not. <laughs> and, so, and they're like, it doesn't matter. It's going to put people in the seats. And they're like, yeah, but won't they? W- they're going to be disappointed. They're like, well, we already have their money. And I'm like, this is Ooh. an insane <laughs> way to do this because they're not going to want to watch it again. They're not going to talk about it with other people. Yeah. Like, tell people, show them. And the movie is good enough that you can make a trailer for the actual movie and not what the, we think the movie should be. Well, you filmed the like that teaser, right, with like different actors or whatever, which I think that like tonally was closer to the film. Uh yeah right yeah. like and then, the movie then, hadn't even been fully written there. yeah yeah exactly yeah. that's it yeah. but like but like tonally like it was just like the like the man is just like chopping wood and like the girl is just like watching him if I'm trying yeah, to remember, yeah. like, like the teaser like there's like that, a couple things that were sort of if you look back you're like oh I could see like where they were going with that yeah 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 but so like do you know it, what we're talking about here I don't know okay. this this pre trailer I couldn't I didn't see that anywhere yeah what I wanted to ask you was you mentioned that the the methodology was get butts in seats. We already have their money, and then if the trailer sells it, that's all we're worried about. Mm-hmm. How do you consolidate that feeling from something that you created being, not misleading, but being portrayed in a way that's maybe inconsistent with your vision and what you're trying to put out as an artist? How do you put those two together, and what's the process? It really, it really honestly, it it's, uh, feel very used. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, yeah, it just fe- it feels icky. I yeah. can't think of a better way to say that. It just no, didn't, doesn't feel good. Yeah. I feel like I'm lying to the audience. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are going in... They're like expecting something. They come out. They didn't get that. And it's like, well, who didn't deliver? Right. Because the first thing that they're going to see is the trailer. And they're going to see my movie second. So they're like, well, here's the trailer. As if written like, and directed by Adam. Ryder. Yeah. Suddenly, really like it's like, yeah. Whose fault <laughs> is it for not living up to the trailer? It's because the second of it. You know, 
if they saw for some reason it would make no sense if they saw, if you see movies first then you see the trailer second yeah. you're yeah. like whose fault is it well it's the trailer guy yeah but because they see naturally yeah. my movie second and so it feels gross but I would have no way of knowing if you didn't say that right now I have I don't really know anything about the film industry I have no knowledge of who's cutting the trailer as opposed to who's making like the actual yes. movie I, didn't, I thought you would be at least included to preserve like what the idea especially if you're writing and directing it's your baby it's your vision. Yeah. It's something you put a lot of time, reflection, effort, you know. Now you're like, put a 30-second commercial And now it's someone's like, taking nope, yank. 30 yeah. seconds. Well, it takes a really hard, like, okay, let me just be clear about something, though, is that, like, first of all, trailer editors are highly skilled and, like, really gifted because it takes a lot to, like, make a good trailer that people want to go to. Yeah. And the editor who edited the trailer also edited the film. So mm -hmm. I had put an assembly cut together. Mm -hmm. His name is Jeff Klein. He's a really good editor. Yeah. But he was editing with that in mind. So, like, he wasn't trying to, like, be malicious yeah, or anything. He's he, 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 he has a job seats. that, like, the, his his boss says, I need you to make a trailer that will put butts in seats. Yeah. So his main concern is to do that. Uh, and then when we were editing the film, his main concern is to have my vision, like, yeah. be represented in a way that, like, yeah, I think sense, it's important but, to like say that you know, like, the trailer is a good trailer. It's a good trailer. It's just not it necessarily is really representative of the film that you're about yeah. to see. It's like. just not my trailer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so it, you're it's saying hard. release the rider cut <laughs> of the there trailer. Is no, yeah, there is no. We're rider. saying there's a seven-hour trailer <laughs> in black and white. It's all the raw footage. Oh my god. We, the, well, the yeah, the first cut With of the film is two and a half hours. <laughs> Rob Zombie's there. <laughs> yeah. All of the Devil's Rejects. I'm just doing a uh, the what's that thing where they put people's faces on top of other people's deep faces? Fake, yeah, deep fake. Yeah, just deep faking their just deep faking the entire with movie with Sid Haig and Bill Mosley. <laughs> just posthumously <laughs> killing it. Just, oh. There's like a pregnant. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. Even the big leagues do it, right? Like they freaking keeping they keeping dead people alive in the Star Wars universe for well, some yeah. reason. Yo, fucking! <laughs> I, I just watched an episode of Boba Fett, and they had like a very young Luke. Yeah, with like not Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah, and just I checked. There's just some random fucking guy deep faked his face, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus! It all started with a uh, 3D hologram Tupac at the at, at Coachella or something. Yeah, now I was reading. Downhill. I was reading a thing the other day on this notion that like, did you know that that's like why Chow Young Fat wasn't in the Matrix? Was they were like, oh, th they wanted to full mocap him, and he was like, I have like so many of my moves are like mine. Like he's like as a martial arts master, he's like my like, I don't want you to do that. Like put that into a computer and then just use my moves wherever and like put them in a video game or like huh, use them after the fact or whatever. But they could probably do it from film. I don't think they physically I don't think need fully him. fully mocapped like like everything. Like they probably could probably could do a pretty good one. But if he but at the same time, I think if he signed off on it, he'd be waiving the rights to them. If they did oh. it now, they could be, he could be like, yo, that's my. That's my that's crane, my bicycle crane kick, kick yeah. or whatever that it is. <laughs> but yeah, but no, but he was just sort of like, but he was like, he's like, I just I found it like he's like I found that process just incredibly like upsetting right. that he's like yeah. I was just gonna yeah. like I was just gonna sign like my like my entire body of work as a martial well, artist into the computer and then yeah. the, like. Adam Warner Brothers would own it. Adam mentioned talking about you know trying to be bought out or something, right? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's concessions you have to make when you have other producers and people funneling money, and you might lose some control. You have to make certain concessions, like you were talking about casting and everything like that. Yeah. How much yeah. do you have to? How much do you give before it stops being what you want? Well, like I think that it really depends. Like one of the things I learned the most about working on this movie was really being very careful about who you work with. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a point of like. 
uh, I mean, I was told that like working on a on a movie at a budget of my level of this level that there would be no concessions to be made because like who cares? Right. Just you're an independent film. You're making your own film. But yeah. that turned out not really to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah. So the more the higher you get, the more mm-hmm. I guess the bigger the film you get, the more you uh, is at stake. So yeah, more people are breathing down your neck. Yeah. But if you have a good working relationship with those people, then th- then those relationships become like you know. Like filmmaking is a collaborative art, so if you could work in a in a collab- collaboration with people that you really trust, yeah. then ha- giving up some of that like that control for the sake of a better film, uh, I think I think could be really interesting. Unless you're Stanley Kubrick, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I'm using him sp- in particular. Like you know, like Martin Scorsese still has to like pitch his ideas to get them made. And, like, yeah, exactly. Still, there's still people who are like executives who are like, you know, we we need a happy ending here or things like yeah, that. Yeah, there's certain yeah. concessions that still keep have to it be to made. four hours. Yeah, but if you could, but if there's like a an uh, an understanding, a trust, you know, that you're like you recognize the director as an artist, um, and the and you go into it as a collaboration and not like a dictatorship where yeah. the, the the studio or the producers are like demanding something then I think you can have a really good relationship and still give up make make concessions. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean I think that that's it's the weird thing too is I guess like what's the goal of the film, right? Like I think when you're making a big studio film, like the goal like, it has to turn a box office. So like there's there's going to be people who are not the like writer director whatever who probably have a better sense of like what's going to what's going to sell at the box office. So that becomes yeah. like valuable Input. You don't necessarily want to like obviously throw your vision in the garbage to these people, but you're like, hey, maybe like an explosion here or this and that there, or like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, like, absolutely. Like, there, there's a group of people I think that are coming on from like a production standpoint when you're looking at a, a blockbuster, who their business is making big movies, and if you're signed up to make a big movie, well, you know, like let them in to your process kind of thing because they know yeah. what they're doing when it comes to putting it together a 300 million dollar movie. Like, I think it would be insane to imagine. Like absolute creative control on some of these giant like blockbuster things. It would be yeah, for be sure. Nuts. You don't for know sure. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, it's easy to point to like the Marvel, yeah, uh, Marvel movies. This is like a lot of the directors. They're I wouldn't go ahead and say that they're yes men because you could still you could see that they're yeah they're, you know like different directors have different styles, but there you know there's there there's a box that they have to work in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you go in and you're like that, I understand that that's what it's all about, and you can and you and you're okay with that? Yeah. Then I think that you can be really creative and like make your own. I mean, like the Taika, Wait- Taika Waititi versions yeah. of like right. Thor and like the right. those movies. It's like you're taking things that are very rigid. And like Marvel movies have to do this yeah. very specific thing, right. and he's like, okay, but I can also bring this thing. And they're like, okay, let's ma- let's let's make yeah. that work. Right. And I think that's. Like I think the James, that's crazy. The James Gunn stuff is also like absolutely, right. yeah. I think that's re- like crazy cool. They're like, yeah, like right. I don't how who can really do that and do it well? Not very many people. Yeah, and and it's interesting too because even though you mentioned there is a there is a Marvel style or there is a Marvel kind of continuity, you know the Taika Waititi films are different from the Gunn films and is different from Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange and they all have their own kind of comedy and quirkiness and their own kind of direction. Right? Yeah, so I think that's very interesting and I think. Um, which Marvel movie would you make? That's what we really need to know. <laughs> Which mar- like, w- would I remake? Or you could remake, or you wait, could wait, be wait, our one that hasn't been touched so, yet. So yeah, exactly, that's it. Like someone <laughs> is just sort of like Adam Ryder comes to the MCU. Stiltman. So if there's a if there's a hero that you want that's established, or you can villain, get him. or villain, or villain, or villain. Oh my God. Uh, but or like I said, it could be in reestablished, right? Like you could say, okay, I'm I'm taking over Spider-Man. Or if there's someone untouched 
If you were like, I'm, I'm going to be Plastic oh, that's Man. That's a really good question. I don't know. You I'm say Plastic Man? Yeah. That's DC. Get the fuck out of here. How dare you? Sorry. <laughs> I, would make, I would make the Dazzler movie. Oh, <laughs> shit. My wife is going to be first in line at premiere. <laughs> it, it just that superpower seems so ridiculous. I feel like I could make it really good. It really I think there'd be just disco like, skate. It would basically yeah, like Boogie Nights, but yeah. as a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> Equally <laughs> large penises, 100%. <laughs> and for Absolutely. Like, yeah. for, the, for tons of chunks of time for like Dazzler and the X-Men, she's just like not at the thing. She's like, I'm going back to music or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're like, yeah. oh, wait, we're like, Dazzler's in town. Like, let's get her, yeah. let's get her on the phone to help out. But like most of the time, she's not an X-Men. She's just like She's just performer. performing, yeah. It's so funny. perfect. I, have a, I actually have been thinking about a movie that I would love to make to reboot of like an older property. Which is? I'm pretty sure it's not in the... Uh, the it's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I have, like, I, I know exactly how I would do what I think would be awesome. I would love, love to make ALF. Oh, a shit. A reboot of ALF. Oh, shit. I hear that was happening. <laughs> ALF? I mean, yeah. it's got to be, I'm sure. If it hasn't happened already, then I'm surprised. Someone, yeah. was, someone was talking about, like, a revisiting of, Ad, of, of ALF. Maybe it was me. I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned it <laughs> in several <laughs> other interviews. Do you read non, non-DC non Marvel comics? Are you a comics guy at all? I uh, Not not so much. I, I like to read graphic novels, but... Uh, but Okay, yeah. and then I'm going to make an on-air suggestion, which is the first time I've done this. If you have any time, um, Ed Brubaker has, a, like, a neo-noir comic. It's called... Um, What's it called? What's it called? Fuck, 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 fuck. It's not Incognito. Yeah. Okay. Incognito. If, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you like graphic novels, if you have any kind of time, that's wonderful. And for years and years, I felt like this would make the most amazing miniseries movie, anything like that. Did oh, Brubaker yeah. do yeah. Fatal also? Sorry? Did Brubaker do Fatal also? He did. He did Sex Criminals. He's done so many yeah, great yeah, things. Yeah. Has any of his properties been adapted? None. And he, I feel like he's the writer. Is he really popular? Like, He's very Pretty popular. Like he, any chance that I would ever get the rights? I mean, <laughs> I mean, to something, but he he also wrote the the big arc where Captain America dies. So he's like okay. very well yeah, known he, in comic he, book he, lore. He, he, flip, he flips back and forth between the mainstream stuff, whatever. But yeah. like Fatal is great because again, Fatal is like a it's a noir, like a Lovecraftian noir stuff, but where mm-hmm. like the Lovecraftian stuff creeps in like every six or seven issues, right. kind of thing. Like like ah, tentacles like get somebody, but then most of it is just like. 1930s noir style of just people being like creeped out and like being followed by like shadowy dudes and whatever like it's like full detective that's really interesting because I just picked up a graphic novel called It Came okay uh, and uh, I forget who wrote it but it's, it's like about a, the afterglow after sex it's kind of, well here's <laughs> the thing it's like it's like talks about this like noir style but right. it's also like very funny right mm-hmm. and so like the obviously the title is a is a joke yeah um but i was like man i would love to do this like ro- like robots attacking and like right. this kind of stuff so yeah. like if you're mentioning that it was like yeah i would love to make a movie like that that would be really cool man uh, read incognito i can't i can't begin to tell you how much i enjoyed it uh are we ready for five questions? Yeah. Question questions? number one: Will you put Lawrence Korber in a film? Uh, no. Fuck. Oh, oh I struck out. Damn it. Okay, Keith. Okay, here's what's really do funny. The re- do the real first question. <laughs> I didn't then. actually realize that your last name was Korber. So you know, I was like, I was like, like who's Lawrence Korber? You thought I was trying to put someone else into it? No, I'm yeah, trying to get, dude. I'm trying to get paid. Number one, the answer is yes. I changed my answer to yes. All right. If you're the Lawrence Korber in question, I'm the only Lawrence Korber. Question. The real question number one. You've done this before, but not through these questions. So I've, yeah, it's been a while. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, even, yeah. I didn't even pre-look to see what the, the well, questions. Well, they're new. They're new. So okay, it's okay, all good. All right, so so all we right. have on film 
and recorded that I will be part of a film. Yeah, exactly. So that's perfect. That's Amazing. Uh, uh, a couple of provisions, though. If you're, what? If you're casting Lawrence Corby, you're also casting... Uh, what is He's Heisterman. Chris, Chris Vendito. Uh, yeah, I come with a bunch of yeah. dudes. A rider, it's <laughs> insane. When I remake <laughs> The Warriors, <laughs> yeah, you guys yes. are going to be the... Uh, I'm also pregnant during filming. It's a whole thing. Uh, our actual question number one. What is your hottest take? Like, of the moment. Doesn't need to be a hottest take of all time. What uh, like a hot take. Like, like, like your most divisive opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, it doesn't oh. have to be divisive. Oh, hottest no, take yeah, is hot, against yeah. the grain. It's yeah, like yeah. I, uh, I just started getting into AI art and uh-huh. creating AI art. Okay. And I feel like it is the future of art. Ooh. And I am so excited about it. Winning contest with AI art? I went down a mid-journey hole a couple, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it's super cool, and I'm right there with you. But it also like bums me out. Like, <laughs> you know, I, th- I, I, at first I was like, this is terrible. This is this is not going to end well. But now I'm like, trying to make art through Mid Journey, and and it's really hard to make what I what's happening in my head yeah. to come out. And so. Using that as a tool seems so fascinating to me. Like and thinking about crazy like crazy descriptors and whatever. Yeah, like. just write the writing all the prompts that that be, need to make sense. And thinking about what Photoshop does today, and if Photoshop was introduced, what it could do today, fifteen years ago, people mm-hmm. would be like, "Art as we know it is over." Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I feel like it is like there's next logical steps, but it's not erasing the. What, like, here's the thing art. that I dislike about it. I dislike when you throw in like an artist's style into your descriptor and it does it like pretty good. I'm like, like a, a very, like someone with like a very noticeable style. Like, like Jim Mafood is one of my like favorite oh, all time yeah. artists. You can like throw Jim Mafood into the end of a mid journey prompt and it comes out not quite like obviously like it's, it's pretty good but like but it, you know what i'm saying it's like it's right away if you looked at it quickly you'd be like oh that's a jim mafood art and i'm like no that's an ai that just drew a lady on a skateboard i like you know, like, like universal like, monsters in the style of norman rockwell yeah and they look super cool yeah, as yeah. A, that, that's what i'm saying it's like it's yeah. weird like like norman rockwell though is like one of those styles where you're like oh like it's been aped a thousand times but like finding like active artists today and you just like yeah, throw yeah. their name into it and the ai is already like can scan enough and get enough to be like, I'm just picking up this like indie comic book artist right. style. And you're like, ah, I was like, I don't know if I like this. Like, it, it's just, it's, that's where I get like weirded out by it to be like, all you would take is like, you can start like, like other people, not necessarily that the AI is like inherently bad or whatever, but like other people could just start like aping these styles. Like the, the, what do you call it? Like the, 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 the Chow Young Fat thing. Where yeah. like, like other yeah. people can start to like, Someone will spend their entire life honing a particular art style, and someone's like, blop, 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 and like throws yeah. it in. And like a really good AI is going to be like, yeah, yeah I, I did just do it in yeah. this style. Basket had to die from heroin, and you're just like, copy paste. You're like, that doesn't seem yeah. right. That's, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. it. There's, there's something weird about that. Anyway, that, that's the. But it is very. Cool. I mean, it is weird. I, there, I think there's definitely growing pains that have to happen. We have to figure out how to use it properly, and like how to, you know, but I don't think it's going to erase what people think it's going to erase. I think that like you could still make. The stuff we, like well, artists it, will still make original stuff. What's crazy is that it's still like. That, what's crazy is that it, you, it needs the artist to create that original stuff. Right, you're it right. To, it has to. Yeah. it has to have something to steal from. <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> or to be influenced by. Yeah, that's it. Like you can't write like Jim Mafood art style if it can't scan the internet for what that looks like. Like it can't invent anything, right? It, it's yeah. just. I don't. Know, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna write in in the style of Keith Heisterman and see what Shit. it comes up with. 
What I, I'll tell you what we did. What we, you know, what we did with it. We immediately made uh, very like customized uh, images for our D and D characters. Oh yeah, like like wearing specific clothing and and like also like like with that specific like D and D like fantasy art style. Like it all looks like it could be like novel covers from like whatever else. Like <laughs> I have I have like plans to use this for future films and as like lookbooks and to present to possible oh, investors. Cool. And be like, here's the style I'm looking for. Yeah. Here's the thing. So like applications like that. Yeah, it's. I mean. And you can get, like, the tone right and to yeah. show yeah, yeah. people, like... Or just, like, here's what we're aiming for. Here's, like, uh, you know, hopefully what we can pull off. Um, but, like, yeah, d- doing that or just as inspiration, just be like, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of, like, what could this scene look like? And then you type in a, type in a bunch of different prompts and uh, and it gives you all these different options. You're like, oh, yeah, like, this would be super cool if this was like this. And yeah. So, yeah, I think it, it could be a really great tool very, for inspiration. It's very, very cool. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, not denying the coolness. It's my hot take. Yeah. It's the hottest take. AI is the future of art, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Question um, number two. Who is the star of Sesame Street? Um, the star of Sesame Street. Yeah. So, like, I would say it used to be Big Bird. Okay. Uh, but like I haven't watched it recently. But like when I was like in, I was growing up at a time where it transitioned to Elmo. Okay, Elmo was the star. Who's now? Who's I don't. I haven't watched it recently, who, so I don't know if Elmo is your guy. Who are you tuning in to watch? Uh, Ernie and Bert. Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Ernie. Ernie and Bert. Are you Are you insane? I said Bert and Ernie. Always. That's insane. I'm a Bert and Ernie guy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ernie and Bert is just hey, is just wrong. It's Bert and Ernie. That's. Ernie and Bert was that, is that is that because you're Ernie over Bert? Like you're like maybe you're, yeah. You're, you're like you're like ah. Uh, Which got, one's the hot one? Like, I got no time for the straight. Ernie's man. the football. Yeah. Bert is the yeah, corn yeah exactly. Oh. Adam has no time yeah. for the straight man. He gets second billing. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but that's the scene only works with the straight man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have two wild guys, Ernie. and you got the Detroiters. Yeah. So. Hey Bert. Uh, <laughs> question number three: uh, What piece of media has been formative in your life? So yeah, like the book, book, music, song movie whatever like something Comic, where you like where anything. you you watch or you consumed this thing and you were like oh, oh this has okay, changed okay, my I see. life i see like, okay so not like the type of i was like films music i don't yeah, know both yeah, yeah, yeah. okay no, 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 like no, a very like, specific yeah. yeah uh i would uh it's a it's a very hard tie between two films okay the Wizard of Oz and the Michael Keaton Batman woo and i think it's because both of those movies i was like I'm gonna go. I'll I'll say the Wizard of Oz because it came first. Mm-hmm. I'll give Wizard of Oz the win. I remember watching the Wizard of Oz as a kid and just being obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. But then I went to the, my local library and found that they had a screenplay of the movie. Yeah. And so I bought like uh, borrowed it and brought it home and was reading it at the same time as the things were happening on the screen, mm-hmm. and it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> Because I didn't under, I couldn't wrap my head like the, just. It was my first glimpse into like the behind the scenes of like this is a thing that somebody wrote and it's happening in real time and like it was. It wasn't just it wasn't just dialogue. It was like the scene directions and the, and like the yeah. like all the, the whole thing. I think that was like the first thing that was ever like, oh my god, this is like somebody makes this. Yeah, and right. it sort of led me down a rabbit hole of yeah, like. It wasn't just like a, like it didn't. I guess like when you're a kid watching television and movies, you just sort of like imagine it like coming into existence like whole cloth where you're like anyway yeah. here's the scene go and just like and then the, like, yeah <laughs> you know like that's like as a child 
watching a movie that's like you're like that must be how it happened that's how it well we don't even i mean part of the magic of like watching a movie is like if you sat there and go oh they cut it there they cut it there they cut it there we wouldn't be able to watch it so we still get sucked up into a story you know yeah. if, if you're starting to be like oh what are the camera that they're using here in this angle and then that angle if they're if you're if they're doing that they've made a bad movie yeah so we still get i love that that we get swept away into like there's we're just sort of looking through this portal and stuff but i like this was like how the how the sausage is made a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know what they say about there's, they say there's two things in life you should ever see how they're made. It's sausages and movies. All right. Yeah. Do, 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 they, do they say that? <laughs> they do. They do. They do. They whoever they, the they are. They, yeah. So, I I remember we was not formative or anything else like that, but I remember back in the I guess in the nineties, late nineties or whatever, on the old like BBS like systems that that were the proto internet. I found a copy of the the Dogma script, like well before the film came out, and like I read it and I thought it was hilarious and whatever else like that. But it was just, it was super weird because I kind of like forgot I had read it, and then when I went to go see the film, I was like. I know all I've of this. I've seen this. Like so I know. Funny. I, know, I like, dream like, this. Like all of these shocks. I was like, oh, then like the, the, there's gonna be like a shit demon that comes out or whatever. Like, <laughs> people are like, how do you know? And I'm like, I read the script, and they're like, what? Why? <laughs> and like, and when? I was like, I don't know. Like at I a certain know. point when it was must have been when it was in production or whatever. Because like I literally know everything that's happening with other than a couple of like divergencies or whatever. Like, I just read the entire dogma Fuck. script because I found it on yeah. like a, on it's some fascinating. message board somewhere. It's fascinating. <clears throat> Uh, question number four comes from our uh, Raquel and Elspeth, who are performing at Lady Fest right now this weekend. Mm-hmm. This weekend, Lady Fest is happening at the Diving Bell Social Club. Uh, they want to know um, what do you ask your friend to get you at Costco? Oh shit! Uh, Chicago, the Chicago mix popcorn. Oh, you're okay, right. solid. Oh Chicago yeah, there's solid. a lot of like solid. Mm, that's good. I, I or like big steaks. But they're so big that that bag is too. When big. When they're on sale, I want it's like a little big. tiny bowl of Chicago mix. Yeah, okay, you open a bag, you fill up a bowl, and you close the bag for later. No, I've solved your problem. That's not. What are you it. talking that's about? Not how we do it. That's insane, <laughs> Keith. What are you talking about? You can get several bowls out of the big bag. Damn it. Yeah. You so got space. So big, big steaks. You got space. Yeah, big steaks too. Yeah. I recently had a tomahawk. Tomahawks are on sale at IGA. I got two of them. Oh. And then I came back today, full price. I was like, fuck, I got no, lucky. No. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, dream. Oh. the dream was crushed. Oh. I hate it. Well, like, that's the worst. I'll tell you something. If it's on sale, I buy like two or three of them. I, d- like I got two tomahawks. Deodorant. Oh yeah, like I'm not, I was That's like, fine. I was like, it's like, what's gonna? Be? It can sit on my shelf. Yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah. I see it. Like I'll walk by. I don't need deodorant. If I see like my brand on sale, I'm like, huh? and just like grab a bunch. I'm like, because that's. You're a fool if you're paying full price for deodorant. It's true. <laughs> I mean, you have horrible takes about bags and popcorn, so like this is you're redeeming yourself now slowly. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, deodorant. I was like, you're because you're gonna run out and need to. G- hate paying full price for deodorant. That's what I'm saying. Question, <laughs> question five. <laughs> question number five. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to ask our next guest? And yeah. full disclosure, we have no idea who the fuck they are. Okay. Uh, I forgot that you guys asked me this. Uh, that this is this is one of the questions you keep. Yep. Yeah. I forgot. So now i got to think of one other spot. I, I like it. I think it's better than I forgot. Yeah. Uh, I would want our next guest to tell the audience um, if they are... Uh, let's see. What... What movie scene makes them cry? Oh. And I don't mean like sad. I mean cry. Like tears. Which, you know, 
And it oh. could be it could be out of joy, it could be sadness, but so like, like, which, like, like, like make, makes you like emotional, like to the point of tears. So not necessarily a sad thing. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't yeah. have to be sad. But I want to know which one elicits crying. Have you ever seen Big Fish? I have. The end of Big Fish, where he's walking his dad into oh, the water yeah, and yeah, recounting yeah, yeah. every time, yeah. without fail, tears. I can't fight it. I can't fight it. Yeah. Gone. And then uh, the end of Jack Frost where he melts. Spoilers. Sorry. Oh, so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to, like, sports stuff, like the the the... The, the the jerseys on the table scene and Rudy is up there. Oh, classic. Like, like that's a uh, most recently though, literally last night I watched everything everywhere all at once. I love that. Oh, oh, I cried too. I cried too. Movies. And, I cried a and, lot of that movie. Uh, yeah, specifically when uh, like when when the husband oh, just, yeah. just sort of looked like like pipes up from like the the background. Yeah, like that's enough. Like, yeah, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. He's like that's enough. And yeah. like and he's like ready to like die for her even though she just stabbed him i was like oh god oh like, yeah that's good and you just kind of like really good that's a, that's worth a watch if you, anyone listening has not seen that movie yet go out of your way it's yeah. phenomenal it's insane like i w- it's a completely that that movie is like a freaking triumph that like movie a, is is brilliant it's I, a, I think it's one of the best movies that's come out in years on a like 25 million dollar budget and it's like it's just genius it's, and it's a basically non-stop effect shot like, despite the low budget, it's like it's yeah. very smart with its effects and where it's. I where listened it's to a everything. podcast where, like, the Daniels were talking about yeah. the stuff they were doing, and I was like, oh, my, these guys are geniuses. Yeah. They are. Go watch, go watch Interesting Ball. It's on YouTube. It's one yeah. of their first short films. Or it's like it's like ten minutes. Turn it interesting up. ball. Yeah, I think it's called Interesting Ball. Turn it up for what music video? Oh, yeah, that's great. It's yeah, yeah, for sure. There. It's like uh, they did that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, where, that's where they cool. keep like smashing through. The yes, 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 yes. And the and the girl from Glow. Yeah, the the uh, the one who plays the 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 terrorist wrestler. Yeah, the terrorist wrestler. Yeah. Uh, who then has like the weird like King and I spoof? Yes, the recurring King and I kind of spoof that's yes. happening on television and everything everywhere so all at once. Yeah. My Wait. my sad movie it would be uh, a Bing Bong watching Bing Bong Oof. in uh, Inside Out. Oh, that's up there. The, I will say so this is not a movie scene. Just that, just the scene in the yeah. canyon. I've I've seen it once, and I can't. I just can't bring myself to watch that movie again. Yeah. it was just so sad. They like it was as if like Pixar like extracted from a human brain like the just the perfect molecules for sadness yeah. and then like injected it into a film and I'm like Jesus Christ you guys I remember yeah. I've only seen that movie once too and Sarah and I watched it like we used like we usually watch the Pixar films like on a Sunday afternoon like that's our kind of like you're like oh yeah let's watch an animated film on a Sunday afternoon we had dinner plans and, and like, like we like we got back people were like are you are you, okay? <laughs> like, are you, are you did, were you guys like having a fight we're like yeah, no, no we just we watched Inside Out and like Growing up is so <laughs> sad. <Yeah>. <laughs> it's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> you're it's so like, funny. Like, like, like the, the people that we went out on, like with dinner plans to were like, you guys are a bummer right yeah. now. Also, the yeah. first, the, the opening of Up. Yeah. The opening of Up that, is really, oh, yeah. But I, like, I feel that that, like, to Adam's point, though, like, it's so constructed. Like, you're like, you're like, you're like, we've located every heart string. And we're like, doom, doom, Yeah. Doom. And then like, But there's snip, something about yeah. Bing Bong that is just like, it. It's like, yeah, b- I guess it's sad because people die and, like, we, you know, all this sort of stuff. But, like, with Bing Bong in particular, it is, like, the death of something that you still feel like you want inside of you. And it's just, like, it it, it hit so perfectly. Like, I'm, I'm like, getting sad thinking about it. No, fuck. It's just, it's so exact in its, in its precision to, like, elicit a response that it's, like, 
it's so brilliant. Yeah, I have another one. Another one that just like when you came to mind, where you're just like so precise and was like again very, very, very specific was the film in the Dirties. So there's a fi- there's a sequence where if you know the film the Dirties, no. So it's a. Uh, the guys who did Operation Avalanche and also the Nirvana, the band, the show okay. on Vice, they made a movie called The Dirties, and it was like the premise is like dark as hell, which is basically the the where the inspiration for this film was uh, when those videos surfaced of the Columbine shooters, like they they had like just videos of them messing around and stuff, and the the filmmakers watched it and they were like these kids are like charming funny kids, and he's like and it's such a, he's like there's like a moment of like monstrous dissonance between like. They would go on to be horrific and monsters, but he's like just watching that video. He's a charming, funny kid. So they made this. There, it's not necessarily based on Columbine, but it's like, you know, the film is building up to a school shooting, and there's like a scene in the film where they're like they're riding their bikes, and the song "Pursuit of Happiness" is playing, but it's the Lizzo like a, a not Lizzo. Uh, kid Cudi? No, no, it, it's the Kid Cudi song "Pursuit of Happiness," but it's. Lizzie, 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 Lizzie. <laughs> anyway, it's like a, it's I think a, you're it's wrong. A, it's no. a female. I feel like it might be Lizzie. Anyway, it's a female. You think it's Lizzo? It's not Lizzo. Is, is it Lizzie? It might be Lizzie. Okay. Like Lizzie. No, that sounds wrong. Anyway, Liz- we'll, we'll, we'll look it up. We'll, we'll, ch- we'll check the. Facts we don't later. have to. Anyway, it's an acoustic like it's an acoustic <laughs> folk singer okay. singing it, and it's just them riding their bikes, uh, like, and that song's playing, and they're having like a good time, and it's like et- while you're watching the film, like. Everything in you wants these kids to just like not do what you know they're gonna do, you know. And you're just like, you're like, oh man, like can't you just enjoy friendship and just like, can't this be another movie? Right. Like, and, and it just was like absolutely like I was like like oh tear God. jerking in the in the I was like crying in the movie theater and stuff. Yeah. And I was just sort of like I was like these kids like you know like I'm like they're just kids and like you, and it was and it was so effective because like the movie is like makes no bones about it like. You're going to that. Like, that's the destination of the film. There's no, like, a rooting around it. But in that moment, you just, like, everything about you wants to be, like, watching a different movie. And for these kids to just, like, stay in that night forever, just, like, biking around having fun. <laughs> you know, and you're wow. like, yeah, it was like, yeah. That can, I, can I ask you guys a question before sure. we go? Just, to, we'll, we'll, like, so we end on a better note. What is the, what is the like, <laughs> um, one uh, scene? Actually, I'm going gonna, gonna to stop you right there. I want to end on... Keith's super th- sad. Really? Thing. Yeah, you want to just like <laughs> no, 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 no. Please, please like the movie, Adam. So, please. Um, what is what is one scene that makes you laugh every time? Holy shit! Oh god, there's a scene in This Is the End, the movie This Is the yep. End with Danny McBride, where he wakes up during the apocalypse. Oh yeah, and he and then someone asks him if he's been jerking off on. Seth Rogen is asking him if he's been jerking off on things, and Danny gets so offensive and he claims that he's jerked off on everything. And then they're just yelling at each other about the things they've jerked off on about. They're just like, I jerked off here. I jerked off. I'll jerk off on your face. And then they're just like pantomiming <laughs> jerk off motions at each other. And it's it's so fucking funny. And that and then like half of the Walk Hard movie with John C. <laughs> Riley. That's awesome. Yeah. That movie's, uh, for me, it would definitely like immediately like funniest scene of all time in my mind. Uh, is when Janine Garofalo asks like Paul Rudd like for some help in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah, and yeah. And just like oh, dragging yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so great. And he accidentally like kicks the plate. Yeah. And he's like, uh, just like. 
<laughs> Acting like the completely dejected that. child. Yeah. I do that. I still do that to do that to this day when my wife asks me for things. I just go, ah, <laughs> oh, I, I really like drag myself around. There's some, like I would, I, I've said this, I think probably on this podcast, like Wet Hot American Summer for me is like probably one of my like favorite funny movies. Yeah. I know it's not for everybody, but like for it's me. It's really good. <laughs> like it's I'm really just like, good. like for me, I was like, that's a movie like I'll watch it. I've watched it dozens of times and I just like giggle like before everything happens. I'm like, it's coming. Like there's just like, it's all over the map in terms of like lowbrow, highbrow, like dumb puns. Like it's everywhere. And you're just like giggle worthy throughout. Adam, what's what's your, what's closing thoughts? My, uh, my my favorite, my funny scene is in what about Bob? When uh, Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss are driving in the car, and he's like just picked him up from the from the insane asylum, mm-hmm. and and he's ju- and Richard Dreyfuss just seething, he's just so angry, and then finally he can't, and Bob is, keeps talking and he can't take it anymore, so he slams on the brakes and he walks gets out of the car and walks around on the other side and opens the door and he's trying to say, get out of the car, but he's <laughs> so angry that it sounds like get out of the car, <laughs> and it's brilliant, it's so great, that's amazing, yeah. And then I was like, I feel that only gets funnier when you found out that like they hated each other. <laughs> like, I think lo- I, I I don't know if I knew that. That's yeah, 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 no, like and and way to bring it back down again. Is, <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm just saying. But I'm like, like that that may have been like a moment of like pure right. Yeah, maybe. Rage. Like Richard, wh- uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard Pryor and uh, Gene uh, Hackman. Gene, Gene Wa- uh, not Wilder. Gene Hackman. Gene. Oh uh, no, Hackman. Hackman. Oh no, Wilder. Wilder. It's Hackman. Oh my god. <laughs> They hated each other. Gene, too. Uh, that I didn't know. Gene yeah. Hackman. Gene Hackman. Richard Pryor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Wasn't Gene Wilder in The French Connection? No, I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Right after, before, or after he played Lex Luthor. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. There. <laughs> that hair. You know. Um, Adam, thanks so much for for doing. That. What What can people support you in right now? Obviously, I mean, go go and download the movie. I suppose is always going to be good. I'm yeah. Assuming. If you could, if you could, uh, <laughs> I won't see a penny out of this, but if uh. you could buy or rent it that would help me with numbers so if you can okay. if you're listening in Canada you could do that if you're somewhere else um, wait for it to be released mm-hmm. don't uh, take it off the internet mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah there's some film festivals coming up when's this is podcast coming out, out this week it's coming out this week yeah. well if you're in Montreal Hotel Ruby Foods is having the Requiem Fear Fest oh. this uh, this Saturday, and Woodland Gray is screening there, so you can oh. go check it out there. And uh, we're going to be uh, playing in, uh, I believe, in Atlanta and uh, New Jersey coming up. So just yeah, follow me on Adam Ryder Official on Instagram, and uh, people can see what's going on. Awesome. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for having me. Oh my this god, thank you. Cool. Oh, do you have anything you want to shoot out there? Any oh fuck, I have so many things. I don't even. Just follow me on the things, and then we'll see Lully the things. Lolly five and four. Yeah, Lolly five and four. Nonstop working, hardest man working comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Adam. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. 
Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.